Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Carrie Faith on Purpose show, where we put your health and happiness as our number one priority. I'm your host, Carrie Faith, and I'll be sharing a weekly dose of inspiration and motivation to create your masterpiece called Life. I believe that with faith and inspired action, anything and everything is possible. And when you combine it with purpose, there is absolutely no limit to your success. I share my own personal struggles and triumphs while exposing global perspectives about happiness, health, and well-being. We combine talks around spirituality, psychology, and self-development to align your mind, body, and soul. Together, we connect, create, and transform from the inside out. Grab yourself a cup of coffee, tea, or if you're anything like me, a glass of water, or perhaps even some champagne, while we carry faith on purpose together. Hello and welcome to the Carrie Faith on Purpose podcast. I have an amazing guest with us today. Her name is Erin Gallagher and I'll just give a brief introduction and she is going to share her gifts with you today. I am, like I said, honored and humbled that you're here with me, Erin. After a 17-year drug and alcohol addiction, Erin healed herself using natural and holistic methods. She used what she learned during this period of transformation to tap into her natural abilities as a master healer and coach. Erin's mission is to support people in their discovery and then releasing their destructive patterns. I know I have some of those traumas <laughs> and limiting beliefs so they can connect with their true selves. Thank you, Erin, for being here. You want to say hello to the listeners? Hi, everybody. I am like chomping at the bit to say all of the things. I'm so excited to be here with you, Carrie, and so excited to just like have like kind of like dish and just have a fun like session with you and just talking about whatever comes up. I'm really excited. Yes, I've been following your work for probably the past year or year and a half. So I've been so drawn to what you do, although I don't know a lot about the backstory and I've never had healing from you personally, but I know that myself will benefit from it and hoping that a lot of listeners can heal through reaching out to you and just having more awareness and wisdom about your gifts that you have to share with the world. So your business is Air Inspirational. Did I say that right? You did. Yay. <laughs> Yay. So Kind of a play on words. And my friend actually said once, cause we were like, we had a friend named Chad and we called him Chadorable, Chadorable. Uh, and then all of a sudden she's like, we were all thinking of names for ourselves. And she said, Air Inspirational. And now I'm, I took it to the bank. It's funny. Cause she's always like, I should be charging you royalties for that name. And I'm like, Nope. <laughs> so it's kind of funny. Well, I like how, I guess there is a connection because I use my name as my brand, Carrie Faith is my God given name. And then I added on purpose for the podcast, but it was something that 
you know, it was a play on words. Exactly. And I know that my purpose is to inspire. So I love your business name and you're here to inspire and not just inspire, but heal. So tell me a little bit about where you came upon the ability to heal. So what I know you in your introduction, in your bio that you came, um, you, you healed yourself from 17 years of drug and alcohol addiction. And I can relate to you in the sense of, I don't really talk about it, but I struggled a lot throughout my teenage years and young adulthood with addiction, you know? So that's another whole episode, but the way that you found the modality of what you do, which is Akashic records, right? You said it right. Yay. (laughs) Tell me about this because I've had so many signs recently about this and I don't know about it. So what is Akashic records and how did you find yourself through and to this modality? I know that's a lot of question there. It's totally cool. I'm used to it. So um, yeah, the Akashic Records. So I always tell my clients and my people that you don't find the Akashic Records, they find you. So whenever you start hearing and feeling and seeing them around you all the time, that's like your guides that are in the Akashic Records, like tapping you on the shoulder. And so that's always really the first thing I say to people that book a session, have a session with me is thank you for actually booking the session because a lot of times people will feel the hear the tap and not do anything. And I'm like, it's up to you to actually take the action. Um, so it's so important to not only hear that, but then as opposed to like just hearing all the messages and not doing anything about it, doing something about it. So yeah, uh, we all have our own set of guides in the Akashic records that kind of lead us to one another. And it's so important to heed those calls. Um, so going back a little bit, I, um, you know, I've had an interesting life where everything kind of led me to, um, destroy myself such that I could heal and then support other people in healing. And this isn't to say that you have to suffer and struggle in order to know how to support people in healing journeys. Um, but it doesn't hurt because there are so many lessons and gifts and opportunities in the darkness. And I I feel like that's one big part of my work is being really authentic with like the darkness is actually Um, a gift. And it's something that we can pull from and inspire ourselves through. And this isn't to say or dismiss any of the feelings that come up in that darkness. Like, I don't want to say, I don't want to, you know, have it be like, oh, it's great to go through darkness because then you get all these lessons. No, it sucks. You know, in it, it's like, like, that's, that's part of my work is when I'm with people, I acknowledge their pain. Like this sucks. I understand. I'm here for you. I see you. I hear you. I witness you. And just letting people feel in my presence and creating that safe container for them to like say whatever they want without judgment. And I never judge because I've been there and I know like all of the backstory and how it goes into, you know, what the person's becoming and who they're becoming. So I kind of like bridge them into that. So, um, yeah, how I found it was I, I, like you said, I struggled with addiction, but I realized like years afterwards, after I got clean, that I wasn't, I I didn't want to identify as a drug addict or alcoholic anymore because basically I was a pain-aholic or or I was hiding from the pain. I was numbing, I was numbing my sensitivities and I was numbing my pain. And like, there's a great quote that I think Glennon Mellon, Glennon Doyle Mellon says, I think it's Glennon Mellon now, or I can't remember, but she says, um, addiction is just a hiding place 
And I'm going to ruin the quote because it's not exactly her quote, but where you hide from love and pain. And I think a lot of people, you know, uh, when you, when you're in addiction, you're hiding from love also, not just, not just pain or sensitivity or whatever. Um, so, you know, I was hiding from love for many years doing that. And I just, um, through healing that through having like my awakening through that, um, I healed myself, you know, I call it like spiritual dancing. I did like a number of modalities and I, I went to tarot readers and mediums and all these people. And then, um, you know, through a process of a few years, kind of doing that healing was led to realize that I had a gift to support other people in healing. So that's kind of like the quick nutshell story, but there's so much more in there. So if you have any questions about the specifics, cause I kind of like flew over it. <laughs> Well, I just saw and felt myself and your whole story. And I don't think that I really articulate it a lot in this podcast or in my work, but just what you said was so like, that was my journey. I feel like to heal in the sense of that I was, I wrote about this recently that I was almost like addicted to not just the, um, you know, the cigarettes or the drugs or the alcohol, but it was that I was like addicted to the pain. It was just that pattern, that destructive pattern, that it was my comfort zone to be almost like in pain. Does that sound weird? But I feel like, like you said, I was hiding from love. And that really resonates with me that it's just a way of hiding from that connectiveness or that self-love. I mean, once I found self-love, it was like, I didn't need anything. <laughs> I Yeah, it's like, it's a new addiction, right? It's like, <laughs> it's like, if you're gonna replace an addiction with some other addiction, make it a good addiction. But yeah, it's like, and another thing I was thinking of with that is like, not only are you like addicted to the pain or or not really addicted to pain, but hiding from pain. Um, another thing I like to say is like, I'm a, I was addicted to the numbing. So it's like, the alcohol and drugs were the numbing agent I chose. So whether it's sex or gambling or working a lot, like we choose many, or even like being a mother, a lot of people like are a mother or father, like, or working, you know, it's like, I'm doing all this stuff. I'm too busy to like, look at myself. And that's what it, it's just, um, numbing, like what you don't want to look at and what's the numbing agent, you know, it could be drugs, could be alcohol, could be whatever. And so I d identified as an addict for a long time and then identified as a recovered addict for a long time. And then I started to work in the fields of addiction. And then I realized this isn't me. This isn't how I identify anymore. I never really, I, maybe I was an addict at one point, but it's just because I became addicted to numbing from the pain. You know, it's, it's this weird circle. <laughs> well, it's all about identity. I've really realized that it's our identity. Like once I stop identifying as a quote, depressed person, I wasn't really as I wasn't depressed. So identity is everything. When we can raise to the level of, I am here to heal, like my identity is healing. That's all we're going to do is every day we're going to search out how to heal other people and how to serve other people. Yeah. Yeah. I love what you say too, about when I like about the identity thing, because that suggests that you chose, we choose, we have a choice right? We, we can choose whether to identify with one thing or another and what we identify with becomes us. So if you, you know, it's like spell count. If you say over and over, oh, always, 
or I never do this right or whatever. Yes. It's because if you say so, (laughs) you know, it's like, if you say so over and over again, it's going to, that's going to be your label for life. So, you know, you can choose also to spell cast yourself by saying, I am a joyful, loving leader, (laughs) as opposed to I get stuck in anxiety all the time. Or uh, every time I'm in crowds, I'm anxious, you know, which that's not to say it's not true, but there are ways to, if you can do something, if you can get stuck in a trauma, you can get unstuck by kind of walking yourself backwards. Yeah. It reminds me of a quote I have on my bathroom mirror. And sometimes I don't pay attention to it because it's there and I see it five times a day or more, but it's a quote by Tony Robbins. And he says, um, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten, right? And that comes down to our identity. It's not just the doing, it's the being. So I think we lost track of or moving into what exactly are the Akashic Records. Okay, yes, yes, yes. Okay, the Akashic Records. So in the most basic terms, because it's so deep and esoteric, um, the Akashic records are kind of like an energetic field that are around the earth. So they kind of like surround the earth. Every vibrational um, output that we have, so whether it's a thought, what we say, every word, thought, deed, identity, like everything that we say and do and be gets registered in this master vibrational field, right? And so um, because everything's energy. So because it gets registered in this field, I am able to kind of like, if you think of it like a master library, this field where it's like every single human soul or every single soul, really, you can open the records of anything or anyone, every single soul or anything that has a vibrational, um, awareness, which is basically anything you can open the records of. So I can basically go into this master library of the Akashic records, pull out the book of your soul, open it and see like what, and, and everyone has their own masters, teachers, and loved ones. And these are the, the kind of like the record keepers. And so if you, if I was to open your records, I could ask your highest level guides in the Akashic records, which are your masters, teachers, and loved ones, which, and each of those like masters have their own thing. Teachers have their own thing. Loved ones have their own thing. So that's another story, but, um, I'm able to kind of tap into not only, so a lot of times people, we talk about spirit guides, right? Spirit guides, angels, whatever. Spirit guides are more for this one lifetime within the whole story of your soul, right? If you go into the Akashic Records, it's the whole story of your soul. So whether you have been like a human 300 times or whether you have been, um, you, you don't just have to have a human experience as well. There's also like starseed experiences and there's angelic experiences and experiences where you've been animal. So there's like all sorts of different experiences that your soul has chosen to learn lessons through. And I can open not only your records of this lifetime, but also all the past lifetimes and everything in the future. So we can see, because if you think about time, the only reason it's structured is because human beings structured it. It's not really how we structure it. So time really is if you think of it like that, it, everything is always happening now, which is like another mind explosion. But um, so I can, in opening the records, I can kind of tap into that almost timelessness and pull things out and see blocks that are blocking you and ask your masters and teachers how you can move forward. So the sessions that I do are kind of like a mixture of healing, clearing blocks, and also like stra- strategic steps you can take to get to where you want. So it's, um, yeah, that's like the most nutshell I can get because you could talk about the Akashic Records for years. And oh, one more thing I want to mention is that 
So like I said earlier, with Akashic Records, anything that has like a vibrational field, you can open the records of. So let's say I went to a metaphysical store and I bought a new crystal or I bought a new set of tarot cards. I could like get to know the set of tarot cards and everything that it is supposed to find you will find you, right? So if you're supposed to have this deck of tarot cards, you were supposed to have this specific deck. So you can open the records of this tarot deck and ask it, why did you find me at this time in my life? What are you here to teach me? Um, And that's another thing I do in my business is that I help people with their businesses, entrepreneurs. So I open, lately I've been doing this thing where I open your records and then I open the records of your business and I create a conversation so I can ask your business, what do you want? What's going to make you monetize? What's going to make you feel safe with me? So there's uh, so much in there. So this is fascinating. It's so amazing. Do you just do this through the power of your mind, the power of your spirit and the power of your soul? So every person is different the way they interpret messages. So what I think of it as is I am a channel. So my master's teachers and loved ones at one point. So how I got started was I went to a workshop um, and my teacher who I want to name because she's effing amazing. She lives in Los Angeles and she changed my life forever. Her name is Helen Bonderhide. And she is a really, um, I almost want to say famous because everyone in LA knows her for Akashic Records, but she is like very down to earth, has a lot of angelic vibrations around her. So she's super authentic, sweet, amazing, and chosen. Like you feel that she's chosen when you meet her. Um, I went to a workshop of hers in Los Angeles when I was living there with my friend, dear friend Mimi, and she's an, Mimi's an astrologist. So it was a workshop of astrology and Akashic Records. And I was like, ooh, this is going to be juicy. I'm like really excited to... And I didn't realize that you can easily open your own records. So Helen just walked us through like, oh, just say this prayer and your Akashic records are open. And I was like, oh my God, like I can do this. Like, and so I opened my own records and just as I was closing my eyes and feeling like if we felt any blocks or that we couldn't get information, Helen would like tap into us and be like, oh, your, your guides are telling me that the way that you get information is through your ears. So open your ears or your guides are telling me that the way you get your information is through your heart. So focus in on your heart and see if you can see any images or feel any words coming through. And so you just slowly, like any other thing that you master, you just research it, you learn it, you open the records over and over, you practice. It took me years to like, just practice it and understand what there was. And a big part of it is trust too. Like at some point when I was learning Akashic records, I was told over and over again by my master's teachers and loved ones, you need to teach, you need to teach. And I was told like logistically on a human level, like, oh, you have to do this much learning. You have to spend $20,000 to get this kind of certification so that you are okay to become Akashic Records. And there are people out there that are like, if you didn't learn this, this, and this, and are accredited through this, then you're not a legit Akashic Records teacher. And my master's teacher and love, my master's teachers and loved ones was always laugh. And like, that's ridiculous. The Akashic Records are not an accredited school it's a vibrational field. Like anyone can tap it. Like, you know, it's a self, it's a self regulating organism. You know what I mean? So like, we don't need to, as long as we're coming in with love and light. And, and that's another piece of it is that the Akashic records are also protected by the Lords of the Akashic records, which is a whole other story. So they know how to protect themselves. So, um, and, and I, it's really about trusting the messages you hear, you know? So it's just, within all of us that we can serve whatever we're here to do. And like you said, you don't need to be certified to do this because it goes way beyond the modern day world of having to be quote, 
you know, certified or licensed, or we're just here to be guides. Like, I just know I started this podcast because I need to heal. Like I need to heal more and more and more people. And so that's why I love to connect with people like you that bring different modalities of healing because there's infinite and abundant ways to heal. And the world is sick. Like people are sick out there. We, when we can heal ourselves from the physical pains, from the emotional pains, we can tap into our gifts and we all have, I believe, like the ability to heal ourselves and heal others. Yeah. And and I think self-trust is the biggest thing. I mean, with the Akashic Records, the only like loose guidelines are you should be 18 just because like a lot of times we don't want kids going to the Akashic Records or whatever. Or, and then another one is like, make sure you haven't imbibed in like recreational drugs or alcohol in 24 hours before accessing the records. That doesn't mean that you can't like, you know, a lot of people use cannabis and stuff for like medical reasons. It it just means go in, in a present mindset so that you can like, or, you know, you won't want to like have a fight with your spouse and then open the records right afterwards and be like, I need to find something out. You're like, it, it doesn't mean that your Akashic records are going to block you from finding anything, but you're just, the information you get is going to be staticky because you're staticky. So, and I just wanted to say that for, I don't know. I was feeling like my guides were telling me to say that, but other than that, you can access the records in any way. I, I, at one point, like, um, I saw, uh, I, I was in kind of some Facebook groups that at one point were kind of like lower vibrational and not that great. And one of them was like, Uh, someone said about accessing the records and there were people like, Oh, you can only access them if you go to Peru and you do plant medicine ritual and you, and I'm like, this is, that's ridiculous. Like you just, you know, you really like, like I said, when you're ready, the teacher will appear, go to that teacher, whatever their model, whatever their way is to get into the records, use that at first and then make your own way. Like for me, I started learning with Helen and Helen's um, was taught through Linda Howe her program. And Linda Howe is a like Akashic records master. She has a bunch of books around it. And after doing, using Linda Howe's prayer for a while, I started to realize like, I love Linda Howe and what she's done, but I don't resonate with this prayer anymore. And I'm feeling like I want to teach. And in order for me to teach, I couldn't use her prayer because it's copyright written. So I went and, um, you know, created my own prayer. I went into my own records and I asked my master's teachers and loved ones. And I was on a flight and I sat in the flight and I said, this whole flight, I'm going to channel my own um, prayer. And just, I worked with my records and just channel a prayer through that's called the bridge to eternal light, bridge of eternal light. And I just created this. It's like a, a bridge from me to the person and the, the person to their records. And so I just, when I'm teaching, I let that, I just give them that prayer. And then I always tell them, use this prayer until it doesn't work for you anymore. And then access the records, however you feel, or your master's teachers and loved ones tell you to access them and trust what you hear, trust what you get. So I know that is like we can all do this, right? We can all rely on each other to use this modality. And I know that I was, I had mentioned before we started recording personally, like what you're saying is trust. That's my biggest takeaway. I feel like right now is just trust and don't question. And I tell people this, but sometimes like I have my own blocks you know, and so something that's come up and that I've struggled with in the past is the perfectionism. And then it started creeping, creeping up the past few days. And I feel this whole energetic shift around me and where, if anyone, you know, might be like me and having a sense of doubt creep in, what is your biggest take? I mean, what could you do to 
help me with this questioning and realizing I'm aware that the perfectionism is, is creeping in. <laughs> and this is just like today and yesterday or any type of doubt. I mean, it's all about, I think I got into the field of healing through mindset and I realized, no, we got to get out of our, of our minds and into our hearts and into tap into the universal energy that I've been aware of since birth. So what's a advice for me? Well, I guess going back to the root of this is whenever we have something that we feel stops us, the root will be something that we either can't see or we, um, we just think, oh, I'm a perfectionist and we don't like look at, okay, but where did that come from? And so, and a lot of times we'll say, where did that come from? And we'll realize, oh, it's childhood trauma or this or that, but there's also energetic stuff. So, um, it could be like visibility wounds, meaning like you could have been persecuted in past lives for being um, a witch or something. You know what I mean? Like you went out there and you said, these are my gifts. And then all of a sudden people persecuted you for that or killed you or burned you at the stake, or it doesn't have to be just witchcraft or anything like that. Just there are, it could be your childhood where when you said something, you were like a child and you were happy and you would say something and your mom would say, that's stupid. All of a sudden you started distrusting everything I say and think and feel is stupid and wrong. And you trust your parents no matter what. Right. And so there's all of that comes in, but that's part of the hero's journey. Remember how I was saying that like negative, like anything that feels negative or lower vibration is actually like, you know, um, part of my story is that my dad made me feel powerless And like, I had to be really quiet and like squeaky, like a mouse, because if I said anything, I didn't know if he was going to exclaim in joy or scream. So I was scared my whole life. So it was like, quiet, quiet, quiet. Like don't create confrontation. You know what I mean? So like, it's almost like I lived that powerless life for so long, such that I could at some point move that out of my awareness and like no way and realize my true power. And the only way I was able to realize my true power was to be in that powerless state for so long, because I wouldn't have known this, the spectrum of powerlessness versus full power of my gifts. Right. And so the way really to do it is to do work around the root, like what happened to make me feel like I need to, um, do everything perfectly or whatever, and then start to slowly break open those limiting beliefs. And of course, like you said, there's mindset work. And and this is one thing I want to mention too, is I had someone post, so I have a private community on Facebook and, someone posted something about, um, it was like a meme, like, you know, get out of your head and into your heart. Like my talking about basically your head or your brain hijacking and like, you need to get out of there. And what I have been shown and felt is that it's all important. Your mind's important. Your heart's important. Your spirit's important. Your soul's important. And all of these things. And whenever I see it in the records, it's funny because they show me kind of funny images. They show it to me like, um, on when you have a printer and you have like an ink thing that shows you how much ink is in each thing like cyan, magenta, whatever. It's like spiritually, you could be low, but then mentally and emotionally, you could be high. And that, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's really about the balance of all those things. So balancing the mind, heart, soul, spirit, and, and in order to get the answers you're trying to get in order to find out like how to move forward. And another thing I wanted to mention also is a lot of what we go through with visibility wounds or being perfect or, or not trusting ourselves or doubt also has to do with ancestral generational trauma and stuff. So like if we had a family that was in the great depression or had to act a certain way, because um, we've been programmed for millennia and millennia and millennia that we need to rely on government or rely on structures that are existing in order to survive and money in order to survive because of capitalist society. And it's not bad. It's just, that's what it is. 
And so we, we need to kind of unravel that and realize that survival is actually based on like us supporting ourselves and realizing our power, not anything outside of us. So it's a, it's a journey. It's a process. It's not something we can just know and it happens. You know what I mean? So that's why I love doing this work. And especially in my three month packages, because I can really walk people through everything, like looking at the roots, like releasing the doubt, releasing all this stuff. And it's not something that just happens overnight, you know? Well, I love that you bring up the ancestral roots because that is something that I've really been exploring with. And how important is that in the sense of living in this lifetime, living, and I have pointed out that any any of that doubt and perfectionism, that's just even so unimportant. It's just stupid fear. (laughs) It really is. It's like, oh my gosh, that's so silly. It's just fear. Like, it's supposed to be there, just, you know, ignore it and focus on the vibration. And like you said, of the ink, that made perfect sense that something is just off and we have to recalibrate and that's it. It's all just energy. And it's just all about recalibration and having to do that. But the ancestral part of it is really intriguing to me how is, do you access this the same way? Like how could one, if they want to find out more about their ancestral roots, how could they find out about it? I'm so glad you asked that because it's a layered process, but what happens is usually now each person's different. Like another Akashic records uh, practitioner or teacher might do it a different way than me. But what I do is it's kind of like a step process. So first I'll have an hour and a half session with someone. And in that session, I will just channel, I'll be open. So I will tell the person, this is usually what a structure of a session looks like, but really every person's different. And, um, like I said earlier about the, um, time thing. So I'm going backwards a little bit, but, um, where, you know, everything's happening now really, because there's no such thing as time. Um, if somebody comes to me and they're like, I'm looking for a partner and I feel really stuck. And every time I try to go out and like go on a date or something, it just like fails or I, or I attract narcissists or whatever. And I will like look into their records and I'll see something like, forgive your sister. And I'll be like, and they just think that has nothing to do with it. And sometimes I'll get triggered or upset because sometimes I'll see something like you need to heal your relationship with God. And that's uh, a triggering for a lot of people. Right. Or, or I will see ancestral, ancestral stuff come up. So I really just trust that like whatever, because energetic blocks can be from anywhere and it can feel like it's not connected, but it is. And so that's why trust in like working with someone like me is really important because I'm going to see and feel things that you may, your conscious self might be like, that's ridiculous. But I always just say like, trust the process and it's easy to clear it. So yes, it is. And we'll talk about ancestral because Yes, it is heavily, like deeply rooted, but it's easy to tap into your ancestry and kind of tell them like, Hey, I'm here now. This is where you were. Let's introduce ourselves to each other. And then almost like your ancestors or people or identities within you or past lives recognize that you're you now and they were them. And they're like, Oh, okay. So I'm a pat, like I was a piece of you, but I'm not. So if they had unfinished business or they didn't really like close out their lives, we kind of like I always say in sessions, it's kind of like the sixth sense, like they don't know they're dead or something like that, where it's like some uh, like blocks within you or ancestral patterns within you don't know that they can go. So as soon as we open your records and, and recognize and, and connect that recognition, then your ancestors can go, Oh, okay. So now that I know that I can release my, the things that I went through and then I can support you in 
moving forward in your life. So it's like anything that has to do with ancestral or past life stuff is always like the result or the lesson is they're teaching you to live differently. So it's like, we live this way such that you can understand like our plight and our sacrifice and then like release that and move forward. So um, it does come up in the one and a half hour sessions, but then I move people into my three month package and in there is an ancestral journey. So in the ancestral journey, that's when I get separate. I'm still in the records because I'm always working in the records, but ancestral journey, I walk through this prayer and I have kind of like a script where I walk people into their specific ancestral plane and I just release and remove any, because a lot of times we will be helping the ancestors that you have to release whatever they have in order so that the chains that are holding you in these ancestral and generational patterns can be released. And so that's like its own hour session. I'm glad that we went here and you explained that because a little personal experience. I just took a walk this morning in like a wilderness park in the forest. And I had this conversation like with my ancestors and I was walking through this, like in my own journey without even realizing I was doing it. It was just like, you know, the subconscious and, I felt this, I feel this heavy energy right now as the seasons change and there's a lot of heavy stuff in the world. And I just found myself instinctually doing it. Um, And so now I realize, okay, well, this all makes sense. (laughs) Like I'm doing the right thing. It's innately in me that I can do this. I can heal. But of course, I'm definitely going to reach out and have a session with you, Erin. Where do you see this in the next like five to 10 years? Because honestly, I believe healers like you and the work that you do are really the new doctors and bees in the world. And in the next and the future, it's eventually going to be honored that way. I know that you do have, you know, you make unlimited amount of resources to support you and to support the world to do this, but it's not as mainstream as, you know, it could be. So where do you see yourself in five to 10 years? And where do you see your healing modality going? I love this question because so many things come up, but the first thing I wanted to mention is as you were talking about ancestors and you connecting with the ancestors, uh, I kind of felt ancestral plane come in, not just of you, but of everyone. And basically they, they said, they kind of like tap me on the shoulder and they're like, mention joy, mention joy. Because a lot of times we forget that we're here to have fun and to feel joy. And, and the spiritual work sometimes can get, can feel heavy to people. And I have a lot of people that don't want to work with me sometimes. Cause they're like, Oh, they feel like it's heavy or it's like hard work. And ancestors are like, Whenever I, so before I do an ancestral journey, I have people tap into, I have them do like their own closed eye meditation and tap in there. And, and I say, focus on the things they drank, the food they ate, the parties they had, like they want you to feel their joy. And so they kind of ancestors want me to just come in and say like, mention joy, because we forget about that. And that's a big part of our ancestry. That's a big part of our birthright is to experience joy because they went through war and destruction and great depression and all this stuff in order for us to experience joy. And that doesn't mean that they're, they're saying we sacrificed everything for you. There's no such thing as like, like a give and take like that. Like, Oh, I, yeah, yeah. Like I, I mean, you saying, you saying that they just, you know, told you joy. It's like two days ago, 
I was thinking about how I need to bring more joy into my life. And that's why I'm like, I have this crown and I have tears. Yeah, like I already knew that this was my word a few days ago. And obviously I kind of just brushed it away and then had other stuff come in my energetic field. But joy is like, that's the reminder. I had it there two days ago. And so it really, I feel like is probably the missing link in my balance right now is that joy. And I think probably a lot of people's life is that we forget, like, you know, I focus on being healthy and happy, but joy is the highest vibrational state. So I need that word joy. And thank you for that message because I don't know when you said it, like I started frowning and I looked so depressed and sad on the video, but... It's because like, I, it's just, it's, it's all there for me. Yeah, it is. And it's cute that they like did the mention joy because they were doing it for you, right? Like she needs to hear that, but it's for everyone. But um, yeah, that's a big part of the work I do is like, let's, let's get out of this heavy energy of the darkness and the shadow. Yes, that's there. But also like, we were supposed to have fun. Like, let's, let's get, tap into the love vibration and just like, Um, especially like this work, like, yes, it's releasing a lot of heavy shit, but it's like, it's also really tapping into like, why are we here? What are we here to experience? We're here to experience love, connection, joy, physical touch, like all these things in order to like have fun and party and just be in our, you know, childhood bodies and live the glory that we're supposed to live. So that's beautiful. Okay. So I, 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 it is beautiful. It really is. I'm wiping away tears right now because you just gave me like all the messages I needed, why we're here right now together, but moving forward. I mean, I, I don't see this as the end of your and I's conversation and I'm sure not yours and our listeners conversations, but, um, in the sense of where do you see your healing in the next five, 10 okay. Oh, yes. The question. <laughs> like, how can we get this out more mainstream or where do you see yourself in that mission moving forward? So um, one big thing that had me open my eyes and have a huge shift was COVID. I mean, it's this has happened for everyone, right? Um, this is an opportunity. Uh, a lot of people here, you know, think about COVID and it's like, um, you know, you see all these memes like, oh, 2020, the year and everyone's like crying and it's destruction and it's like, and it's joking, but it's not really because when you like rely on that, um, on that like lower vibrational energy and you don't tap into that, there's innovation in here. There's, um, opportunity in here. There's basically what it is. It's, it's the earth and it's, the structures that have been holding us up saying whatever was working before is obviously not working. So how are you going to show up in your own life and in your journeys and what you're doing such that you break through all of these things that aren't working. So you don't rely on anyone else but yourself to like move forward. So I had a huge awakening, like, um, with that, that, okay, this is why I'm here. I chose this time in history to support people. And I I had a healer friend of mine who said, basically what we're meant to do is stand back. Like light workers or healers are meant to stand back, wait for everyone to completely exhaust themselves with anger and vitriol and yelling and screaming, wait for them to collapse in exhaustion, pick up their broken bodies, breathe with them, 
feel them, witness them, and then support them in healing. So I feel like a lot of time, and I talked to a friend about this yesterday, how there's a lot of pressure on healers to like, we need to come in. We need to like be the, uh, like to make people like learn. And it's like, first is to work on ourselves. And then is when the other person is ready and comes to us, then we support them. There are some people, yes, that are there to go out and do protests and support with the government and do all that work. But for the most part, light workers are meant to like wait for, for people to come to them and for, and I'm not saying wait means don't take action. Um, but I think there's a problematic energy in the words. Like, so something I heard was like when, when BLM was really at its height and everything was like coming up around um, George Floyd and everything with like, um, silence is violence. And I felt like, Ooh, I don't, even that phrase is violent because what that says is there are some people that are maybe silent and sitting back and doing their own healing work, which will help heal the world. And that's like, quote unquote, bad. And so there's a lot of energy of like, I'm not doing enough. So I want everyone who's listening to this to know if you're feeling like I'm not doing enough, or I didn't do enough, or I need to be like speaking out just because you're writing posts on Facebook doesn't mean you're doing anything. Right. And just because you're speaking out about your beliefs and like, Yes, it's good and it's important to create that structure so people can come to you if they need to. But if you don't feel called to that and you feel called to be more silent and be more like the quiet healer, that changing yourself first is the most important thing. And then following your gut instinct. So if your gut instinct is to become a monk and go into the mountains of the Himalayas for 20 years, do that. Like if your calling is to go out and protest on the streets and become start getting into the government in order to do that work on, the, on a social level, do that. Like just follow your heart. And so for me personally, it's funny because you ask about goals and whenever people ask me about goals, I always say, I don't have any Mm -hmm. because I'm always led day by day based on what my guides want me to do. And I just listen and I follow that path. That being said, I am looking at doing um, retreats and retreats to get people like in their heart and soul, create a retreat center, something like that, um, to get people like we're talking about this trust and authenticity within the self and knowing that what your blueprint is, your personal blueprint is, is the way that you're supposed to affect change in the world and in your life. And it starts with you. It's not about like the world outside. It starts with you. So go inside first. And I know a lot of times people say like, well, that's anti-productive. No, it's not. It's exactly what you need to do first in order to do the work that you're here to do. So that's what comes up for me around goals and where, where we're all going together. Thank you so much for saying that. My body is still like, like goosebumps everywhere, like head to toe because I, Oregon. Okay. I'm from Oregon. I live in Oregon. You live in Oregon. We both moved here in 2019, and this is actually the first time we've ever connected, like, face-to-face, (laughs) but the way, I love that you say, don't set goals, just go with the gut, and this isn't even, like, big project plans, it's even, like, the day-to-day go with your instinct, but back to my goosebumps. So what I see the future, what I am going to do in the future, and is the retreats. So I just see like the whole, I already like see it happening in like the organ force and all this stuff and healing retreats because, and like you said, don't force our gifts, the light workers, the healers, we can't force it. It's about just being patient. Like, yeah, I want to do a retreat next month, but I really ideally can't bring a lot of people together. Right. So just, like trust the process. No, yeah, there's, a reason, yeah, there's a reason. There's a reason that COVID is making it so we can't be together at this time. 
it's a learning lesson, but it's also like, it's time to go within. That's basically what we're being told. And it's like, if we don't listen, that's when problems happen. And even if 1% of the entire world awakens because of this, that's enough. I think a lot of times we think like, oh, we all need to, and the majority of people that we see like, oh, this is awful or this and that, like we see a lot of that. Um, and we think like, oh God, it's getting worse. And sometimes it has to get worse before it gets better. When you tear the freaking bandaid off, all of the blood and muck and yuckiness has to come up first to be cleared. And so that's what's happening. It may be ha- this, this, uh, like the bandaid has been ripped off. Everything that's coming up may be coming up for the next 40 or 50 years. I mean, that might be what happens. Like we have to like really take responsibility and ownership of our energy because we're so powerful and we're so strong. Like I have friends that'll be worried like, oh, and they're worried all the time about economic collapse, the end of days, all this stuff. I'm like, you are so powerful that the more that you feed into that energy, you will create that. Like you can create economic collapse, one person, just by thinking about it over and over again. So be careful about your thoughts, about your energy, about where you're doing. Stay in the light, stay in the love because that's going to create more of that. And the joy, right? I think my my biggest takeaway because I really just need to get into that inner child. I think, you know, that was a real message for me today is joy. Focus on joy because everything, all the heavy stuff that's bringing maybe my vibration down is because of that lack of joy, not even the lack of, you know, happiness. It's trust the process. I believe add joy to your life and Follow the science. Yeah, go within and trust yourself. Trust yourself because a lot of times, especially I see it in the coaching and healing space that like we compare ourselves, we see what other people are doing and we try to do it that way. It's like, it's ne- that's never worked for me and it never works for anyone. So when I coach people, I'm like, let's, first of all, everything you're seeing on Facebook, all the comparison, like throw it in the trash because whatever's going to work for you is your personal vibration, is your unique vibration. You're going to either make money or create a business or do whatever you're doing based on your specific things. So that's why it's so important to really like listen to your instinct. Well, my instinct brought me to you, Erin, and I am really thankful and honored that we got to spend this hour together. How can the listeners get in touch with you? Of course, I'll leave any links in the show notes, but how can they find you instantly? Instantly, the best way is Facebook. I'm on Facebook like cray cray. Like I have a personal page, a business page, a group. Um, and everything that you can find me other is under is Aaronspirational. So you can find me at facebook.com slash Aaronspirational. So I always tell people it's like the, the word inspirational with an ER at the beginning. So just like my name, Aaronspirational, one word. Um, and yeah, so I will give you the link to be able to put that below, but, um, Aaronspirational and also, so my website is Aaronspirational.com. And then on Facebook, you can find me also, you can just type in Aaron Gallagher in Facebook and I'll probably pop up first because I'm always on there like crazy and I have a million connections and stuff on there. So E-R-I-N and then my last name Gallagher, G-A-L-L-A-G-H-E-R. Thank you so much for sharing your gift with the world and our listeners today. You're so welcome. It's been such a joy to be here. Thank you for listening and investing your time with me because I believe we are all here to learn, grow, and evolve effortlessly into the future. If you enjoyed what was shared today, I encourage you to subscribe, rate, review, and share because together we can do so much more. 
Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Carrie Faith on Purpose to find out more opportunities to uncover your deepest why.